Jack, I don't think you're healthy enough to have sex. No, Mom, don't come in. Welcome to Movie Mug and the Father and Son podcast that's got no beef with you. Not yet, at least. Sometimes I feel like we should have a beef with somebody. We have our podcasting BFFs, you know? I almost feel like a, a nice rivalry with another podcast we have a beef with, you know? I don't want beef. I think it'd be fun, though. You know, like rappers have beef. You listen to their <laughs> songs and you're just like, yeah, Eminem, go for yeah. it, buddy. I think we need a back and forth for a couple reasons. Number one, it'd be fun. Number two, it would up our game. Because, you know, we're not going to let somebody get the best of us. True. Number three, they're going to be talking about us on their podcast, which True. will get us more listeners. And we would only ever be beefing with another top three like us. <laughs> yeah. Just lots of free exposure. Well, if you're a podcast out there and you want to beef with us, uh, moviemuggin at gmail.com. Hit me up and uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll create a fake beef. All right. Well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are a father and son duo who love watching movies and having a conversation, but more importantly, spending quality father-son time together. This is episode number 153. Dang. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about it, it's just kind of bananas. Yeah, really is. We started this going on three years ago yeah. now. Yeah. In June, it'll be three years. Damn. It's just wild to think about how long we've been doing this and we never missed a week. Mm -mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's not dilly-dally. Let's uh, head on out these doors and into the lobby because it's lobby time with Vincent Jack. All right, everybody, welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. It's time we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to movies, but I still think they're important enough to warrant some airtime. Okay, so last week we talked briefly about SwearNet. And if you didn't listen last week, first of all, shame on you. But we had a month where we did parameters, or at least two weeks. I really can't remember any other parameters we did besides the two. But you told me to pick a movie that either had the most F words or the most cunt words. Cunt words. <laughs> the, the most uses of cunt. And I went with the F words, and we ended up watching SwearNet, which was just awful. Mm -hmm. Last week, you tried to get me to take like 50% blame. And I still agree with For that. choosing SwearNet. Yes. So here, here's the deal. You can't be mad. It's We're both in it. I had you pick a Nick Cage movie. There was 118 to choose from. Yeah. You gave me two choices. Yeah, I the thing is, the you know that C word, choice? You had one. All right, so if you're holding a gun to my head and saying, press that button and I press that button, is that my fault? No, it's yours. But the fact that there was a choice in it, that you had a choice, it's not like I left you with one movie. If I left you with one, I would say, yeah, all my fault. But you had a choice. You picked Swearnet over the other movie, which means uh, we watched it just as much because of you as we did because of me. That is so not true. How? I didn't really have a choice. Oh, okay. So did you have two movies to pick from or not? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're, you were really being unfair. I really think you are. I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I gave you 118 to choose from. Yeah. You gave me two. I am not taking 50% of the blame for that movie. I'm gladly taking just, 50%. I won't do it. Look, we could argue and, about this all day. And I, you'd I be just, wrong every single time. No, I, I just think... Email us at moviemuggin at gmail.com. Tell us whose side you're on. And if you're on my dad's, then I'm leaving the podcast. So If you're on mine, I'll read it. If you're not, I won't. <laughs> Hit that delete. I, and I, I think I have a point. 
I mean, I don't know how you can't see my point. Or either you're maybe you're seeing it and you're just in great amounts of denial. Because I know I'm I'm fucking right on that. All right. So let so let's look at it this way. <laughs> you tell me that I have to off myself. Yes. You give me a gun, you give me a knife. I choose one and die. Whose fault is it? It's your fault. But at the same time, that's that's different. Right, if I had Those to do it. Those are much different circumstances that change a lot, in my opinion. But I had to do it. And it's your fault that I had to do it. So it's your fault that I had to choose one of those. Therefore, it is 100% your fault. But the it, end. No. All right, next. <laughs> that was a terrible analogy, just so you know. <laughs> and I mean, you already know because you said next immediately after finishing it. I'm just getting tired of you bringing up. Yeah, I'm getting. You brought up SwearNet. The fuck are you talking about? You brought it up to have more fucking. You said you wanted beef earlier. You don't want it with me. All right, next. <laughs> So last week we talked about a new street drug called Mexican Monkey. So I was thinking about maybe making a t-shirt for it. So I thought I'd go ahead and search it to see if there was already some kind of Mexican Monkey or something like that. Um, there is no Mexican Monkey that is a street drug, but I did go to Urban Dictionary. And there wasn't a Mexican Monkey, but there's Mexican Monkey Fist. Uh, Any guesses to what Mexican Monkey Fist is? I No. I mean, there's really no guessing with crazy like titles for things. All right, so Mexican monkey fist is when person A eats Taco Bell and person B anal fists them, grabbing some poop on the way out. Person B then throws the Mexican poop in person A's face, mimicking a monkey. Both people then take a shot of tequila. I don't like that one very much. I feel like a seventh grader wrote that. That was garbage. (laughs) Our podcast is built on seventh grade humor, though. Not quite. I liked it. But also, you're old. Well, whenever people get old, they start to like humor that's not that funny anymore. I knew you definitely have a good taste in humor, but some of the memes you showed me is like, that would be, oh, my great aunt shared that on Facebook to me and with a billion laughing emojis. <laughs> like, sometimes that's the kind of shit you laugh at and you show it to mom after I'm like, that's not funny. And mom laughs at it and I'm like, y'all are just fucking old. And then I leave. I think monkeys slinging shit is funny yes. and will always be funny. So the thought of somebody reaching into somebody's ass, pulling out poop, and then just throwing it at their face. But then they drink a shot of tequila. I know. It's funny. Then they high-five each other, probably. Have you seen the, the video where the lady, a monkey, throws shit on her face? Yes. At the zoo? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he comes quick at her, too. Yeah, that was funny. Didn't even have time to react. Oh, I'd be it's so, so great. Mad. If I was a monkey, I would totally fucking sling I'd poop throw all the damn everybody. time. I'd eat extra just to fucking be able to mm-hmm. throw more. We saw a masturbating gorilla one time. Really? Yes. When? Uh, it wasn't a gorilla. It was a, it was a big monkey. Might have been a chimpanzee. I don't know. We went to this, remember the snake farm that's on the way down, uh, down south? Yeah. Yeah, we've stopped at it before. They have just tons and tons of different snakes down there. But then they also have like a, a little shitty zoo in the back. And they had a monkey. And he's in a pretty small cage. Really, really kind of sad. But he was just going to town, man. Just going to town. Was he, I there? No, me and uh, two friends decided one night after we got off work at Toys R Us, we were going to take a road trip down to the coast. We didn't make it down to the coast, but we did stop off at the the snake farm and, and watch the monkey finish. And you watched was, him finish? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we, we didn't watch him from start to finish. Okay. He was finishing as we got there. No. Yeah. Did you know monkey cum looks a lot like our cum? I would have guessed. Yeah. If I had a guess on what monkey cum looked like, I would have said just like mine. 
And now you know. Gross. All right, next, we've been um, skirting it for a long time. Skirt. See, there, there's <laughs> what you call seventh grade humor. I only did that because I knew it was cringe. <laughs> the, yeah, I guess you were really staring intently so, at me after you said it. So we talked about this with our podcasting BFFs over at the Film Stripping Podcast, uh, Co-Captain Chris and Co-Captain Erica. Back in December? Yeah. We did what was known as the Movie Muggin' Film Stripping Extravaganza Banana Palooza, where we each did a uh, the same movie. I could not remember what it was called. <laughs> I was looking at you, hoping you remembered. <laughs> and we were going to cap it off with an episode where we were all on at the same time. Yeah, we were talking live, mm-hmm. which would have been interesting. Yeah, but it didn't happen. Um, and so before we were going to do that, we decided, let's have some things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So it's not just awkward, dead air yeah. or like... Because we're all shy. Yeah. Right? So one of the things that uh, Chris came up with is to pick a five-person apocalypse team. So five members plus you who are going to help you to get through the apocalypse, mm-hmm. which we have still not done. <laughs> and then the other scenarios I came up with is uh, they're all deserted island scenarios. The first one is uh, relates to music. It's you have an infinite batteried iPod and you can have the complete discography of, of any band on there. And the second one is a band or artist that is on the Island with you, mm-hmm. which we have done. Yes. All right. So do you want to go first? Or you want me to, it doesn't matter. All right. So my person who's going to be on the Island with me is Jack Johnson. That is perfect. He is awesome. He's already a beach guy. And just he and his guitar, he I guarantee he could play any song. And we yeah. we would just sit around the campfire, he'd play his guitar, we'd sing songs, I'd I'd harmonize with him perfectly, like I do all the time when I'm singing along to the radio. <laughs> yeah. You love that, don't you? You've been doing it since I was a kid. Uh-huh. I'm pretty good at it though, aren't I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but- <laughs> I mean, I'm not perfect. It's not that you sound great, but you can have the same general pitch as what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but we would just have a great old time. We'd, we'd be best friends, and uh, it'd be awesome. You look kind of similar. We do. When I shave my head. It's a cross between Ryan Reynolds and Jack Johnson. When Jack Johnson has a shaved head, not curly hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's that's who you are. And a little bit of Carson Daly mixed in there, too. <laughs> But that's when your head's not shaved. Yeah. So that's uh that's my band. All right. Okay. Your turn. So on my island, I would have Mac DeMarco. Um he just has really good songs. He's got some more easygoing, more peaceful stuff or something that'll make you happier. And he's just cool too. I feel like we could be friends. He's a little odd. <laughs> he's very <laughs> odd. <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like that would be really good by the fire music as well because it's not going to be his electric guitar or anything. He'll be acoustic. You like his acoustic I stuff. I do. I do. He has really good acoustic songs. So along the same line as Jack Johnson, just very chill, seemingly cool person that's just good to be around. Mm-hmm. Some good music. All right. You already know who my discography is. I mean, I have a guess. Beatles. Uh, yeah. One, 100%. My all-time favorite band Gosh, love pretty much all their stuff. It's just a no-brainer. And I harmonize along with them as well. Sometimes <laughs> I do John's part and sometimes I do Paul's. And it's just, uh, you should hear me in the shower. It's just fantastic. <laughs> all right, I already know who your discography is also. And I just don't get it because they just... <laughs> I know you hate them. <sighs> I know you hate yeah, them. Yeah, Suicide Boys. Yeah. 
for me, it offers a perfect balance. Um, I can't just listen to one mood of song for the rest of my life. Mac DeMarco, a lot of his is happy or like chill. I can't just do happy and chill for the rest of my life. I need, I need a yin and yang kind of deal going. And Suicide Boys, they got some darker sounding stuff. Maybe some shit that's more hype. Um, the Suicide Boys have dark stuff. Are you <laughs> the, kidding? I, they have a lot of chill songs too. They didn't redo Animal Crackers in my soup. Most of their shit's not that happy sounding. They have a couple that are really nice, like that. Talking about like not killing yourself or whatever. <laughs> Um, that's their happy song one of their newest songs at the end it's like there's like a weird chanting kind of thing of a guy saying when life gets hard keep on marching on like that's that's happy that's nice put that razor down <laughs> you wouldn't expect that to be in a song by Jeez. suicide boys All right. but All right. yeah and they also have like a trillion gazillion songs so I'd find new stuff all right, so um, Chris and Erica, they didn't do it correctly. They just did who would be on the island with them. And uh, Erica picked the Spice Girls, and um, and Chris picked the Beastie Boys. Oh. So he, uh, let me tell you why he picked the Beastie Boys. He picked them because they, they have a lot of different genres of music. I, I say a lot. Most of their stuff is the Beastie Boys that you're hearing in your brain right now. But they do Sabotage. have... Sabotage. They do have some some punk rock type songs, and then they have one that's the... You've heard it, the Flute Loops before. Mm-hmm. So they do have some different stuff, but mainly... But their voices, like, in every song I've heard yeah. sound the same. Yeah. Which, Beastie Boys are good. They're fucking awesome. To me, the Beastie Boys, they're really cool but I just have to listen to them in moderation. I couldn't do it every day. Because they just, I feel like they would just be annoying after a while. But then you take like a couple days away from listening to them, and then you start listening to them again, and you're like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, but I'm still skipping Brass Monkey every time it comes on. Yeah. I'm still skipping You Have to Fight for Your Right to Party. They're, they have a no lot of songs. sleep till. Yeah, yeah. Sabotage is good. Whatever song where he broke into your locker and smashed your glasses, I like that one. <laughs> Pass the mic is awesome. They probably have multiple songs. With, oh, get it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Q-tip of a uh, tribe called Quest, I believe. Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, like intergalactic. But he also picked them because you know they sample a lot of stuff too, and he's thinking, okay, so I have access to those records too, where okay. they sample from. So you know, it, it makes sense. That's a little cheaty, and, but know, I'd let you have that. I mean, to each his own. You know, <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely couldn't do it, and I definitely couldn't do the Spice Girls. But it's no shock at all that she picked the Spice Girls because you know, she's Erica. I know, I know Spice Girls songs. So tell me what you want, what you okay. really, really want. I'll tell and you what I want, what I really, I really know. want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really okay. want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to sing and sing and sing and sing and sing and sing. If you want to be my Okay, lover. that's okay. That's that song. Um, I know there's like Sporty Spice. Yeah. Scary Spice. Uh-huh. Ginger Spice. Yep. Actually? Yeah. I was like, there's a redhead one in there. She was my favorite. <laughs> No kidding. Um, and the other one. I think there's two. Goth more. Spice. No. So you did. Dookie Spice. Who'd you do? You did Sporty. You did Scary. Ginger. Ginger. There's also. Uh, Frilly Spice. <laughs> Baby Spice. Okay. And um, uh, what's the other one's name? The other one's married to David Beckham. That doesn't help. Posh Spice. 
the fuck does posh mean? I don't know, but she's married to David Beckham. Posh to me, like I always thought posh was like fat. You know, like poking a fat stomach. I feel like posh is a great word for that. That'd be pork spice. <laughs> Porky spice. She got uh, the better end of that deal with David Beckham, though. That's for sure. Because he's fucking hunky. Oh, yeah. He might be the best looking man in the world. And you're just saying that because he has similar hair to you, and when you have a beard, you might be able to be compared to him. Really? Thank you. <laughs> Damn, so well, I'm just... a fucking hybrid between David Beckham, Ryan Reynolds, Jack Johnson, and a tiny little bit of Carson Daly. <laughs> That's a pretty damn good-looking guy. I mean, I would just say that David Beckham is a pretty boy with the generic white guy look. He looks like a stock photo of a white dude if he didn't have his tattoos, yeah? Yeah, he's handsome as fuck, though. But he's very good-looking, yeah. All right, so that's the musical side of it. Now for the fun part. Okay. So the next one was uh, had to do with the actors and actresses and um, fictional characters from movies that we've done. Number one is, what actor or actress would you want to have on the deserted island with you? And the next one was, what fictional character would you like to have on the deserted island with you? I took it a step further. I said, give me your top three. And then I also said, give me your top three that you would put on my island just to fuck with me. Yes. All right. So you want to start with your actor or actress that would be on there with you? And this is all coming from our last 52 movies. Yeah, I didn't want to do all 150. It would take us forever yeah, that way. Yeah, So starting with my actor or actress? Yeah. Uh, I picked Chuck Norris. <laughs> I mean, I thought, it's Chuck Norris. I couldn't think of anyone else. Really? Yeah. I was like, I'll take Chuck Norris. Uh, he'll teach me everything. All right, I picked Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Fuck! And, and here's why. And I looked at Mac and Devin, and I was like, I don't want to put either of them on Dad's Island because they're both cool. So here's why. Dude's always got weed on him. Yep. And you know he has a backup plan in case he's ever stranded somewhere. You know he's got some fucking awesome seeds he just carries around in a bag or something yeah. just in case. He's going to plant that shit on the island. We're just going to get stoned every fucking day. So we're not living Sounds miserable great. lives. Yeah. Damn, you're smarter than me. Right? I fucking knew your answers would be better than mine, too. Well, nobody's <laughs> surprised that I took a little bit of time. All right, moving on to my characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I chose Cobra, <laughs> Wesley. From what? Princess Bride. Because he'll always have my back. He shows fierce loyalty. He'll do anything for me. Okay. Uh, and Black Dynamite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have my kick-ass crew. Yeah. And we could do anything. Yeah. If there's like <laughs> a chimpanzee army on the island, I know we win. Okay. I so, got the best swordsmanship in the world, the best intellect in the world. He's just so smart. I black dynamite. I know bitches come with him, so the, there'll be bitches at the island too. No, they can't be. But they, but they will just, he just has this aura and this scent and they'll follow it. You just so there will be bitches. They'll be swimming. They'll be on the way. <laughs> but there will be bitches parachuting from the sky and stuff, he'll, which means I'll have my fair share. He'll take off his shirt and those pheromones will just yeah, blow exactly. across the fucking Pacific Ocean yeah. or whatever. And some girl in California will be like, we got to go. And Cobra just, I don't know, just Cobra. He's just going to chew just on a cobra. matchstick and watch <laughs> you in Black Dynamite banging, yeah. banging women. Yeah. I, okay. I thought that was good. I mean, I, I, was, I couldn't find any like... I didn't see any, like, women that I really was like, dang, I want that character on my island with me. Really? And so I was like, after I picked I was Black Dynamite, I was like, maybe bitches will flock to him. Oh, they all loved him. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. 
All right, so my top three, um, number three is Black Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> and But my reasoning was a little bit different. Number one, he could teach me his ways. But number yeah. two, I'm just thinking if any fucking pirates pull up on the on the shore Dynamite. or something like that, <laughs> I, I ain't going to worry about it. He's going to kick their ass before they even fucking gonna get in. Right? chop right? their ship. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. we, we all have people that can teach us uh-huh. on our islands. I like that. Yeah. Next, and you're going to be like, fuck, I wish I would have done that, is um, Chief from Isle of Dogs. Damn. Yeah, I'm going to have me a good dog. He was a good dog. Yeah, he was that that black one that uh, Brian Cranston voiced. He's tough. Every time I saw Isle of Dogs, I just instantly skipped past it. Yeah. I was like, there's nothing in there like I can really pick. He's tough. Yeah. He's loyal. Yeah, I've, I wish I would have picked that. Mm-hmm. I would have probably taken Cobra out. I'm surprised you wouldn't have taken Wesley out. I am, I'm still shocked that you picked Wesley. He's a great right-hand man. He's... But very you already loyal, have, very smart, very tough. You I mean, already have fucking Cobra and Black Dynamite. But they're very, they're independent. They don't take shit from anybody. They're not going to listen to me. I'm just going to be friends okay. with them. All right. You know? I'm just, okay. All right. Wesley is, he is my, he's my rock. Okay. All right. <laughs> you can order him around to do things and he'll yeah, just say he as you said, wish. As you wish. Yeah. Okay. He'll do whatever. And he's cool. If he's super smart, then he'll think of cool things to say. All right, so my number one, look, if I'm trapped out there forever, you know, and there's no chance of me getting back to your mother, then, I, you know, I need to have female companion. Yeah. So my next question is, I'm 52 years old. How young would be too young for me before it's gross? Uh, not that far. Okay, well, like, so what age? They, if they're under 30, gross. All right, so I have to cross off uh, Grace Kelly's character from uh, Rear Window because she was 25 in that. I don't... Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember her. And then I have to cross off uh, Emily Blunt from uh, Looper because she's 29. Okay. Um, there were some others I didn't even put on the list because I already knew. You know, I just... that's I just can't. What, Ramona? Just can't. Ramona from what? Scott Pilgrim? No, I don't really <laughs> find her attractive. Who, who else? Who were the ones that you didn't even put on? Um, Emma Stone. Okay. She's fucking hot. Yeah. But she's so probably hot. like 24. Yeah. she She's really, really young. So that would have just been, even I'm like, yeah, that's just, yeah. It's, it's gross. All right. So that left me with a, a couple of women who are around my age. And uh, one is Julianne Moore, which okay. is the, the redhead from Boogie Nights yeah. and uh, also Crazy Stupid Love. Oh. But I ended up going with um, Kate, which is played by Marissa Tomei, also from Crazy Stupid Love. All you got to do is tell her the truth, and she just jumps your bones. Oh, yeah. Okay, there's, there's, smart. There's going to be some wild I nights out on that her. island with me and Kate. Okay. Only if I can't get back to your mother. Okay. Which, that's part of the parameters. I can't. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I still can't believe you didn't choose a woman. You're just going to be out of there. I just couldn't think of any. I looked through the list like four or five times, never thought of anyone I really wanted. Because here's the deal. Black Dynamite's going to bring the women. But yeah, they're, but they're the, not going to want to be with you. They're all just going to be all over Black Dynamite. But so, whenever so, the, there's like a line of 50 and they're all so horny, <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, hey, here no. you can just sit right here until uh, it's your turn for him. More than likely, Black Dynamite is going to be banging four women at a time like he did in the movie. Yeah. And then you and Cobra and Wesley are just going to be sitting there jerking off. Oh, well, Cobra is going to, he's a big meathead. He's going to get jealous and kill Black Dynamite. You can't kill Black Dynamite. That's true. But you know what? I've already seen this coming. He can't kill him, and I know of his plan. So I side with Black Dynamite, and I help protect him. And he's like, 
you know what? You four bitches over there, you're with him. Okay. Boom. All right. Plan. Okay. And this is why I wanted Wesley. He taught me this plan. He made this plan. And he just gets to sit there and jerk off while everything's happening. Okay. You're not giving Wesley a side hoe to stay loyal? No, he's still trying to get back to Princess Buttercup. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the three characters that you would put on my island to fuck with me. Okay. You want to just do one at a time? Yeah. All right. Uh, I got Xenomorph. Oh, fuck. Alien Covenant. Fuck. You're fucked. (laughs) Have fun. Damn. Black Dynamite's not killing that. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's all I had to do, too. Like, you're you're done. Damn it. (laughs) Okay. Fuck. All right. (laughs) What's yours? Okay. So I got Art the Clown. (laughs) That's pretty (laughs) annoying. He's... Basically xenomorph too. He because he got like mortally wounded in the movie and he was fine. Yeah, but you stand a chance with him. You you really fucking took the wind out of my sails with xenomorph. That's <laughs> I, I mainly put people there to fucking annoy you. Yeah, so that was not to fucking kill you. That was that's basically my only one like that. Yeah. Um my second one was Deborah Logan. Oh fuck. That's my runner up for you. <laughs> one because Really? Yes. Because one, if you didn't take a love interest, she'd be there. Uh, you've seen her boobs. You know what she's working <sighs> with. Yeah. But also, like, she's like a snake lady. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Shit. She could swallow your dick and they're like, just do whatever. And, and I know you, you still probably hate yourself and kicking yourself for picking <sighs> that. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be great if she's sitting across from you at the fire, just like, staring out into nothing because she had Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever. And you just look at her with so much resentment, like, why are you on this island? Yeah. And then maybe you kill her and have blood on your hands. No, this this is the thing. You can't kill these people that I put on your island. Oh, okay. So that's a rule that I didn't know until just now. That's fair. So so you really are fucked with the xenomorph (laughs) because now it's fully invincible. Damn, I did. I unknowingly picked the end all be all of worst things to have on your island. From you, you really did. Too. You really did. This is not fun. I have one. My third one is pretty, uh, pretty bad. So Deborah Logan was my third one for you until I thought, you know what? I, I need some danger out there, and that's why I chose Art the Clown. Okay. So, yeah, Deborah Logan was definitely on the list because I knew that you uh, had said you would fuck her at one time. Okay. So, okay. So my next one is uh, Mimi from PG Gorman, the little girl. <sighs> Shit. Okay, I think you've, I think you've outdone me. I've still wish that chick was dead. <laughs> I hated her. So I know. Much. I think that I might... didn't remember anything about that movie except for PG Gorman and like the kids had like his crystals, so he had to obey them. Yeah, that's all I remembered when I looked at it on the list, and I was like, yeah, I remember that movie sucked, and I. <laughs> Fuck. I think you hated her more than I hated Danny from Zathura. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Okay, mine was uh, the fat guy from Stitches who died in the pantry. Oh, God. <laughs> He's always going to be like, where's the food? He's going to be nagging you constantly, being so annoying, trying to get service. He's, his phone's going to be dead, and he's going to be asking for your iPod with all your music. He's just going to be so annoying, eating all the food and nagging you. And I figured, all right, I'm good with that. <laughs> so here's what I'll do. We're going to gather food, but I'm going to have Chief, the dog, guard it. So that dude's not getting near the food. Okay. 
And, but he and, can't die. No, but Chief the dog can run him off. Every time he comes near, he can bark at him, and Black Dynamite will be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that, dude. Okay, well, who did you put on? Oh, I'm going to have uh, Wesley trick uh, Mimi into doing something, like getting stuck <laughs> in a tree. I don't oh, know, man. like really high up in a tree, and no. then I'm going to cut it down. It might be more fun that everybody has to be in the general vicinity and interact with each other. Well, maybe Mimi won't be as bad without her whole, like... P.G. Gorman bullshit. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I just feel bad because we're all dead on my island. <laughs> just like, stupid. <laughs> all right, and my last one is uh, Vizini from uh, Princess Bride. He's just going to talk to you in that voice uh, 24-7. Oh, okay, but I'll have Wesley outsmart him or something. If I can't kill him, then Wesley can repeat what he did in the first or in the movie. No, everybody has to be alive and try to live in harmony. Try, yeah. No one's living in harmony with Vizini. Nobody's living in harmony on my Especially island. Especially not fucking Art the Clown. Nobody's living on my island. That's a <laughs> that just sucks, man. Hey, but if everyone has to try and live in harmony, then no one's allowed to get killed. Then no, you're all still alive. You just got a xenomorph sitting next to you at the campfire, which is a little scary, a little unsettling. You just got to make sure that they get their share of food. Because they're going to open their mouth and their little mouth going to like eat an apple. Yeah. They can peel all the coconuts for you. That's true. their little mouth. Put them to work. Tail. Put them to work. Yeah. See, now you got a cool pet. You're welcome. I hope so. <laughs> all right. And real quick, uh, Erica picked Liam Neeson as the person on the island. And uh, Why? I don't know. Because he's got a certain set of skills. And then uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones for her fictional character. Okay. That's pretty cool. He'll, he'll find artifacts. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky and got on an island that has anything underneath the sand. But otherwise, he's pretty hot. He's got a cool whip and a hat. And then Chris picked Christina Aguilera's character from uh, Burlesque. Which I haven't seen. But that's a picture of her right there. I know what a burlesque show or dance or whatever is, so I kind of had a picture in my head. And then uh, <laughs> Jessica Alba from um, Thin Blue Line or Blue Waves or something like that. So that's a pretty good fucking pick right what, there. So what, how did Erica feel about this? Like that he picked two <laughs> girls, two hot girls, that he was just going to and presumably have great <laughs> relations with on the island. So when he was saying it, it's funny because... She was just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't giving him much at all. And he was alluding to the fact that, you know, they were going to, you know, have some uh, good uh, talks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then Erica's like, well, fuck, I want to have sex on my island, too. He's like, I never said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she picked Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. He's a fucking handsome man. All right, so that was fun. That was fun. All right, you got anything else for the lobby? I don't. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and I will unveil today's movie. All right, so today's movie is a request from one of our listeners. Okay, and why did you do that? Well, <laughs> I mean, because it's your turn. I, I nine times out of ten wouldn't do that for my turn. Well, I, I think he requested it like back in October or something like that. Can I know who it is? Yeah, his name's Mike, and he's from Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, let me read just a little bit of the email. I'll read more of it uh, here shortly. Hey there, Vincent Jack, new listener from Pottstown, Pennsylvania. I love the show because I'm a 40-year-old with a 9-year-old son, so I'm getting a glimpse of what our relationship may be like in 10 years. Okay. Well, 
If you're lucky, he won't be like me. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, is this what you want, Michael? Is, I don't know. Uh, I think it's. I think this kind of relationship is something you can see and then want, and then when it actually happens, you're like, <sighs> like the Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah, that's how I live I my know. life every day. I'm like, <sighs> <sighs> grimacing at some of the things I say. But I do worry when we take requests. Just knowing if a movie means a lot to somebody or, you know, if it's like one of their favorite movies or there's sentimental reasons or whatever, I just worry about hating it and shitting on it. Let's have an official PSA right now. Okay. If you're going to send in movies and it's something that, oh, you and your parents watched together every night when you were a kid and it just means so much to you and, oh, your parents are gone and now this movie just it makes you think of them. Be careful sending it to us because if you don't tell us all of that, I, I mean, both of us are liable to shit all over it. And if you do tell that backstory to us, we might just not watch it in fear of shitting all over it. So if you send us something, be ready for us to not like it. Just send us, send it in with uh, like the lowest possible hopes. Um, so that if we do like it or if we really love it, you'll be way more overjoyed. And then if we really, really don't like it, uh, it's not going to be a dream crushing experience. Proceed at your own risk. Yes. But on the other hand, if you've been listening for a while, you probably already know, you know what you're getting into (laughs) and you can hope that we're going to love it. And look, I'm not foreshadowing or anything because I, you know, I know what movie it is, obviously, but you just never know. It's true. So there is a backstory on why he picked it, and I will read that after we come back. Okay. So, all right, this movie came out in 1958. Mm. It is not rated. It is one hour and 22 minutes, 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and 85% of Google users like this movie. All right, let's see what the Mormon mothers have to say. No nudity is seen throughout the film. Damn. Both men and women are modestly dressed throughout the movie. Damn. (laughs) It is 58. There is a short kiss scene. It lasts exactly 10 seconds, and they have their lips pressed together without movement. <laughs> really? Yep. All right, let's, is this a comedy? Let's move over to profanity. Okay. One use of shut up. <laughs> <laughs> One use of for heaven's sakes. <laughs> really? One use of shucks. Why? Okay, so why are they even putting this in the Mormon mothers? <laughs> That's like the Mormon mothers of... 58 uh, read yeah. uh, wrote that. Yep. Why are they writing that as if anyone gives a single shit about any of those words? Shucks? All right. Was shucks a bad word? I don't know. All right. But there's two uses of this next one. And this next one is what the. <laughs> the, the just dot, dot, dot after? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So this movie is called The Blob. I, I think I've heard of this. Does it? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Oh, no. The one I'm thinking of is from the 80s, I think, where it's like this pink blob, and it'll be on the ceiling and like fall on someone and absorb them and get bigger, and it like goes to like destroy the town or whatever. Okay. Well, we'll have to see if this one is similar. <laughs> I mean, what other... <laughs> it has to be. I feel like maybe the one I saw was like goo. Are you ready to do this? Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's take a movie mug and pause. And we are back after watching 1958's The Blob. Yep. 
Let me give it the 50 cent tour. This movie is about a meteorite that uh, shoots out of the sky, hits the ground, opens up, and it is a uh, blob looking gooey, gelatin y. It's just a gelatinous mm-hmm, thing. And uh, much like Men in Black, an old guy comes out to see what all the commotion is, and it uh, gets him. Mm-hmm. It, it jumps, it gets onto his hand, which was a really cool scene. I liked it. He he poked it with a stick. It got on the stick, and he's holding the stick, and it's kind of crawling down. It's st- like oozing down. Yeah, to his to his arm, and then he turns the stick to where it won't get on his arm, and then it climbs up the stick and gets on his arm. I thought, that's pretty good. I thought that looked terrible. That, okay, all right. So, time out. <laughs> Let, let's just talk about this was 1958. Yes. Keep that in mind. Yeah. I bet they thought watching paint dry was awesome and action-packed if they if this was their movie. Well, let me get to that here in just a minute. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you go, but... All right. Damn. So it, it gets on his hand, and then it crawls up his arm, and he runs out in front of uh, Steve McQueen. Uh, what was his name in this? <laughs> oh, Steve. Yeah, because uh, the girl, every time she talked to him... She said Steve like three or four times mm-hmm. a paragraph... And her name was Janie Girl. Jane. Just Jane. Yeah. So he runs out in front of them. He's got that thing in his arm. They take him to the doctor, and uh, it's crawling up his arm, and uh, it ends up killing the doctor, and Steve is going around trying to warn everybody about what's going on. Of course, nobody believes him, you know. It's a monster now. Mm -hmm. We're just on drugs, kid. But it is a monster, and the blob uh, goes down the mechanic shop, uh, presumably takes out a mechanic, then goes to the grocery store. And, takes uh, out the night worker. And then goes to the movie theater where it, it kind of pours through all the windows from the projection area. And mm-hmm. then uh, 700 people come running out of that movie theater. Yeah. So what was funny, yeah, 700 people come running out after it showed maybe 30 people in there. But also the blob increased in size by like 35 times. Okay, maybe. So it- that means that it had to have eaten and absorbed a ton of people, and then still 700 people come running out. Like, that's... Maybe it was the first Cineplex of its time and had, like, uh, 20 different theaters in there. Like, I don't get it. Like, things like that piss me off. Like, it bothers me. Like, how am I supposed to... How's that supposed to sit well with me? (laughs) The blob probably weighed, like, 60 pounds, and then when it leaves a theater, it's big enough to swallow an entire diner... And uh, the way it got that big is it ate a bunch of people in the theater, the theater holding maybe 30 people. But yeah, then actually like 250 people run out of the theater. (sighs) I can't be happy with that. That bothers me to no end. All right, but let's just talk about it because this is evolution at its finest, right? And they didn't know the science to behind movies to actually make it have any effect on anybody. You know, like, this movie was not scary. They were trying to be, but they didn't know how to do it yet, is how I took it. Right. They didn't know how to do anything. It was all horrible. Like, do you think that people had really cool ideas in mind, like a xenomorph and stuff like that, but they're just like, we we just can't do this in film? Or do you think they just, because we just don't have those kind of special effects, or do you think they just... It was simpler times with simpler brains, and this was like the scariest thing that they could come up with. A combination of both. Um, I think there are definitely people out there with crazy cool ideas. 
But those are, I feel like we're also outcasts, having the bloody, gory ideas with crazy monsters in movies like a xenomorph, biting people's faces off and shit. Those people aren't liked, I feel like, in 58. There's no way. Those are the outcasts, the troublemakers, the weird kids. I feel like the people who actually had access to making these things are probably more vanilla. So 1958, the movies, I mean, this this is, they just hadn't gone there yet. You know, there, there wasn't, I just can't think of any like movies with blood and certainly not guts and stuff in 1958. Not if you were going to make a movie like that, it was going to be like some kind of grindhouse movie that nobody was going to see, you know? Yeah. You, so it, it had to be vanilla, I guess. And, and it's hard being alive in 2022 and seeing all the movies I've seen over the years to look at a movie like this and see anything other than, oh, well, that's, Looks stupid. You know what I mean? But we're not shallow. It was not just the special effects. The acting. Oh, it was terrible. Everything was bad. Let me finish the 50 Cent Tour. Yeah. As you said, after it comes out of the theater, it goes to a diner, which uh, Steve and Janie and Janie's little brother, Danny, which uh, Danny from Zathura has been knocked out of the number one spot for most hated kid named Danny in a movie. Really? This kid added nothing. I thought he was one of the best parts of the movie. You've got to be shitting me. Mm-mm. He was kind of cute, had a funny voice, and then he no. went and tried to defend with the cowboy gun. That's the only thing I liked. Oh. And the dog was cute. The dog was a terrible actor, too. <laughs> <laughs> I ended, It's hard to take away from a cute kid and a cute dog. I don't know, I, man. He was awful, and I was I knew, like, they just threw yeah. him in there to be cute and to make people go oh the cute kid oh no i mean i hated every single other aspect of this movie besides <laughs> danny and the dog oh i'm sorry michael you you knew <laughs> this uh was a was a possibility <laughs> he had to have known this was the poss- only possibility because i love my movies with some blood and gore oh, and of course you do and this effectless but you obvious miniatures being used with a little bit of grape jelly but that's godzilla <laughs> does it right and they use miniatures all the time and and it works so why won't it work in a movie like this because it's done bad you know like it's easy to put a guy in a suit and he's like punching shit and it's falling over and it's just automatically cooler because one, it's Godzilla, and two, it's not a blob. I didn't hate watching it. It's not like it was the worst movie of all time. It definitely wasn't. Not even close. It was just one of those things where you said it was an hour 22. Yeah. It was an hour 22 minutes I'll never get back in my life just because I feel like like it was basically the equivalent of nothing, <laughs> just blank. Yeah? Like, it It wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. It didn't piss me off. It didn't make me mad or anything. It didn't make me feel good or happy or anything positive. I was just, I just simply existed while it was playing. <laughs> like, I was pointing out things and laughing at them. Like, this dude clearly had filled the butt of his pants with something and he had a great big ass. And that was very, very <laughs> weird. I don't know. Was it Mooch? It, yeah, it like, was one of the guys. Like, watch this movie again. And it's when Steve and Janie... They're stuck and, in the diner. Yeah. And 
<laughs> he leans on the car in like a bit of a provocative position. Yes. And he had like filled his pants with toilet paper or something. His ass was enormous, rid- ridiculously big. <laughs> and I looked at it. I was like, did he put something in his pants? It was really, really bizarre. <laughs> so if you've seen this, so yeah, if you've seen this movie, like fast forward to the part where they're stuck in the diner and he's leaning like inside a car door or something like that. And it's, yeah. it's so obviously huge. <laughs> yeah. And, and and when they went he's and broke into dude. the high school, I saw his butt then and, and just, it was regular. Yeah. So I don't, was it some kind of prank or something? I to don't know. See if they could get away with it. Were they like joking around about that off the set? Ooh, like girls stuff their bras with tissue sometimes. Maybe Let's he was stuff his stuffing butt. his butt and walking around like that'd be something you would do. <laughs> yeah. And just fucking around. I and somebody's like, dude, pillows in my pants. Do that in the next scene. And, and he does it and nobody catches it or they did catch it. And it's just like, their, whatever. Yeah. It's just their little But secret. it was so obviously stuffed with something. So bizarre. So I, I saw that and I laughed. It was interesting just to watch how they handled their shitty special effects, how they would put it on the screen as little as possible, which is generally what made this movie so empty, is that there was just nothing to watch except for people talking to each other. It was like just watching it from a completely different perspective, not from a, this may have some entertainment value in it, to like, I watched it more of like a, this is 1958. Let's see how they went about making a horror movie in 1958. All right. Let me finish the 50 cent tour and then we can kind of talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they are in the diner. It's uh, engulfed the diner. They shoot down an electrical wire and electrocute it. It does nothing. There's a fire in the diner. Steve McQueen gets a uh, fire extinguisher. And guess what? That cold CO2, the blob doesn't like that. So it starts retreating. Steve uh, calls out to the police who somehow have phone technology in their vehicles in That's 1958. True. And uh, so they're like, uh, where can we get some fire extinguishers? So they round up fire extinguishers and, um, you know, freeze it. And somehow they, they call Washington from their police car and they work it out like within five minutes that the Air Force is going to send a big airplane there and pick it up and drop it over the uh, Antarctica or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which uh, they do. The end? Yeah. When they drop it and then it fades to a question mark. Mm-hmm. They made more. All right. Let's see what the uh, internet has to say real quick. A drive in favorite. This sci fi classic follows teenagers, Steve. Teenagers. Yeah. They're supposed to be kids. And his best girl, Jane. Best girl? Uh huh. What does that mean? As they try to protect their hometown from a gelatinous alien life form that engulfs everything it touches. The first to discover the substance and live to tell about it, Steve and Jane witness the blob destroying an elderly man and grow to a terrifying size. But no one else has seen the goo, and policeman Dave refuses to believe the kids without proof. All right, let me let me just see how old Steve McQueen was as this teenager. <laughs> He's like 38. <laughs> he looked bad. It, it was funny when his dad came to pick him up. When Steve's dad came to pick him up from the police department, I was thinking... Why are you calling his dad? He's obviously like 25 years old or something. Yeah. Or supposed to be in this movie. It was just funny for... He's supposed to be like 16 in the movie. Jeez. That's something they've never gotten right, but like 16-year-olds don't act, so... He was uh, 28 years old at the time. That was a really rough 28. That was a hard 28. So you talk about looking at it through a 1958 lens. I, I, I tried as well. I think... 
they tried to make it more suspenseful. There was no suspense, though. Where was it going to strike next? Where was it? I just, I don't know, man. It just, it didn't, I wonder, because it did say this was a drive-in favorite, and the movie did really, really well back then. I guess people went to the drive-in just to fuck. Maybe. And not watch it. No, they, they necked back then. Okay. Um, Sex hadn't been invented yet? <laughs> only for procreation. Um, apparently emotion hadn't been invented in 1958 yet either, but... I feel bad that we're just shitting on this movie, you know? <laughs> I, what, what are we supposed to do? All right, so do, let, let me just tell you... Let me, let me finish reading the email from uh, Mike from PA. Oh, yeah, why why did he choose... Oh, oh, God. I've already said too much if his reason for choosing it is it, like, rather wholesome and friendly. All right, so he says, um, I live near Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, where the original Blob was shot, and every year they have Blob Fest in the summer. So he said, I'd be interested to see what you thought of the movie. It was one of the first horror movies I showed my son. Um, and then he asked if we were still handing out free stickers, which I sent him one. So I looked up Blobfest and Blobfest. I would go to Blobfest. So one of the cool things they do in Blobfest, number one, they have the blob. And you know what? It's still gelatinous. Whatever they have it in, it, it's never hardened or anything like that. So well, cool. they have that on display. They also, they sell a certain number of tickets and um, you can pay to run out of the movie theater, which is a pretty fucking cool experience. And that's cool, but I would never pay for that. All right, so look, it's it's a look. The Blob probably put that town on the map, right? Yeah, it, you know, it's one of those places that that's our uh, that's our claim to fame. You know, we're proud that the Blob, I which mean, is obviously, I mean, they have Blob Fest to this day. But I mean, that's just a big part of that. City. Yeah, and I think lots of people come, and then you know they have vendors all out that probably sell a lot of cool fucking movie memorabilia and stuff like yeah. that. You don't think it's cool to uh, like have an opportunity to run out of the movie theater that the Blob came out of and chase all those people, and maybe get your picture made and hang it up on the wall that you, okay. you've been there. It would be worth to buy the picture, but like I don't know, I like if if I could pay to run out of the Texas Chainsaw House, yeah. If I could pay to run down fucking Haddonfield Lane from Halloween with the the police car and everything, yeah, uh, fucking. Yeah, like shit like that. But the theater from the blob of 1958, like there's, to me, there wasn't much cool about that. That wasn't a star location. And I remember the theater as half empty, but a billion ran out of it. I see it as a joke. Like, well, ex okay, if so I pay exactly. five bucks to run out of it, sure, fuck it. That could be a funny story. Yeah. But they're not charging five bucks. Well, I don't know no how much way. they charge, but it, but it's a limited number. There may be a lottery system or something like that, but... It's it's cool, but I don't... I wouldn't do it. I would. It's just one of the... To me, it's like... I don't know. I, I think the blob's a good concept. Do you? I was going to ask do. about that. I do. Okay. I just think the reason it was so hard in this movie to really give a shit about the blob is that it was basically not present in any of the scenes it was in. It was just... And it wasn't scary. This blob moved so, so, so slow. And to me, if something's going to try and get on me and absorb me... But it's moving slower than the thing from uh, It Follows, then I'm not stressing about it. Like, to me, the blob was not a threat. If you got caught by the blob, you're a dumbass. That's how this movie made it seem. But I showed you that scene from um, 
the 88 one, that, how it goes on the ceiling, and when the guy looks up, it just drops down on him like a net. That's scary. Well, and, and it, it had a, an, an, an acidic quality to it, too. That's what, I mean, in this movie, that's, it did, too. It was supposed to be dissolving human flesh on contact, and whenever the guy pulled the the thing back in the old man's arm was like that, that was, it, it completely had a become his arm, like one of those sticky hands. Yeah. Is what I thought. Yeah, exactly. Like. They'd always but end they, up on a ceiling somewhere and you can't get them down. You couldn't show that in 58, but right. you saw in the 88 one, the old man's dissolved in half and the guy gets his arm ripped off because it gets dissolved at the joint. Like that's when this, when the blob as a concept really shines is when you can actually show people being dissolved or it's making these intelligent decisions and moving fast. But the only shit you saw the blob do in this movie was go through uh, things that were too small for it to fit through, you know? It went through a grate. It went through small windows. Like, it some, went underneath a door. Some vents. It's like, okay, that that was the only thing it really showed it doing, or it was just ambiently sitting on part of somebody. But yeah, we, we watched uh, the trailer for the 1988 Blob, and we watched <laughs> the trailer for the 1972 Beware the Blob. It was Son of Blob. Okay. Actually, I think. All right. <laughs> Either way, Son of Blob, Beware of Blob. In 1958, was this Halloween? Was this Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the people? <sighs> um... Or was this, so at the beginning of the movie, they had this really kick-ass song called Beware of the Blob, which was great. It made uh, yeah. you feel like this is going to be a lighthearted kind of um, science fiction slash horror movie, whatever it is that they decide to call it, mm -hmm. to where you couldn't take it all that seriously. And if that's the case, then I get it a little bit more. But if this was supposed to be like really scary, like like if people were holding themselves like tighter in their cars as they were watching this because the suspense was killing them or they were afraid of where the blob was going to show up next. I don't get that at all. I, I don't understand how this movie would scare anybody, even though our ideas of scary now. It's so skewed. It, it, That's it, the problem I have uh, with identifying if this movie was ever scary. Yeah. Because I don't know what it was. I thought Jaws was a joke. Jaws, to me, is a joke. Jaws, 1975, that movie, there's nothing scary about it. But to every other person who actually saw it in, like, in, 1975 in, or yes, yes. till like, 1982 or whatever, in that area, it was horrifying. That's the only feedback I have to let me know, okay, this movie just is dilapidated if that's the right word like it's it was scary but because of the times now it's just a joke movie it's a big one great big haha you know because i laughed while watching it i mean we've said that before but i was like maybe 10 years old when y'all showed it to me and me and my sister both laughed yeah and y'all were like what well it was disappointing because that <laughs> movie scared the fuck out of it people scared the world people didn't go to the beach i think probably beach resorts lost out on a lot of money after that movie came out they're probably fucking pissed off when they yeah. heard there was gonna be a jaws 2 and a jaws 3 3d yeah you know and but no shark movies are actually good because it's been done but who gives a fuck move but on there, but there's never been a good one Jaws, arguably, but there's no way any of them after Jaws 1 were worth a damn. 
that's something I don't understand. I I would love a great ocean horror movie because I am deathly afraid of it. So you talk about a cool concept. I I think today's version of it would be the movie Life, where it was just kind of this floating blob, and then it just kept on uh, growing and growing and yeah. growing and growing. I think that would work, but would a meteorite that came down and had a blob in it would that work today? I don't. I see. I don't think it would. I think it would be that 1988 movie. That was a joke. I don't think that. I, I don't know. I don't think that was supposed to be a horror movie. I guess really? in the 80s it is 88. Yeah, it was the late 80s. Yeah, it had to have been. I mean, it, it just a remake not, to just bring. Yeah, just not bring it back. Didn't a feel serious watching that at all. I just think it. It it was what it was. It was a cheap piece of shit movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've never seen it. 1972, they were. It looked like a grindhouse movie. It just looked awful. And you know, they're just trying to cash in on uh, the blob because around that time, parents had told their kids about how great the blob was, yeah. and now this is their kids' generation of the blob. So it probably sold a lot of tickets. I don't think it works. And and it's the slow moving blob. I, I don't know, man. A slow moving blob means. A harmless blob. It's not going to get to anybody except for infants. You know, that that's the the crappy part about it is that no one's scared of it anymore because horror's evolved. But for a blob to be scary, it would have to have some crazy powers, like some big evolutionary kind of things that happen to it. You know, instead of just being a blob that'll roll over you and then become bigger, it needs to be able to, like, spit some shit that sticks to you and pull you in, or... Like a frog tongue. Or, like, yeah, like, somehow, like, release, like, spores or something, and it gets in the air, and suddenly these people are just, like, falling down to the ground, like, bleeding out of, like, all their face holes and stuff. I don't know, like... Something that can actually like devastate an entire city in minutes and all just all the while it's getting bigger and gaining new powers like the thing in life. But you could find something, some sort of evolution that can make the blob scary. But will people take it seriously? I don't I don't think so. I, I, I think, think it's it's Past it's, it's it's like the movie Tremors and Tremors one. And I've never seen any two, of them. three, four. There was a Tremors five on the other day. It's it's not scary. It's stupid, but they embrace the stupidity of it. And I think that's all you can do with a blob movie. I think a lot of horror movies devolve into that. Like I'm sure Jaws, like eight or whatever, is just not a good movie, and it's not meant to be anymore. You know, I I feel like. Lots of horror movies do that. The ones that get so played out. Friday the 13th sure fucking did. Like, fucking Jason Goes to Manhattan or whatever. Like, they started putting out Jason Goes to Hell as one. Jason versus Freddy Krueger. Like, they just started doing stupid things like that. Once they realized, well, no one's scared of me anymore. Might as well just keep making shit and people keep watching it. Yeah. All right. So, I I think we're just... I don't feel good right now because I just feel like all we've been is just negative this whole time and just kind of beating up on everything. And and I feel bad about that. But I mean, it, it is what it is. But I, but I feel like I kind of need to reset the mood a little okay. bit. So what do you say we get into a little uh, In the News with Jack?
All right, so this headline is Doctors Remove Wedding Ring from Man's Penis. <laughs> Why would you ever put something meant for your finger around your dick? <sighs> a 28-year-old South African endured a rare case of penile strangulation after squeezing <laughs> his wedding ring around his sex organ for erotic reasons. There you go. There's your reason right there. Maybe it's his ex-wife. The unnamed man. <laughs> yeah. You better hope so. No shit. The unnamed man was apparently attempting to use the wedding ring as a substitute cock ring, which is a sex toy that holds blood in the penis to heighten sexual response. It's too small for a cock ring. The ring caused the man's penis to swell up so much that he was unable to remove it. When the patient's mother brought him to a hospital... That's so bad. That's a fun conversation. His penis was erect and blue, according to doctors. His mother? Not his wife? I mean, I I wish the poor guy's dick fell off. He deserves it. It's like if you're putting on someone else's ring that you know is going to get stuck past the fucking second knuckle on your, your finger, but you do it anyway, which I've done that a trillion yeah. times. You're like, fuck. There's that moment of panic. Yeah. You're like, I can't get this off and you got to go use soap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just I, like finally get it off. He does not deserve to still have his penis. No, because number one... It has to be a tight fit, right? Yeah. Number two, you're going to get erect after you put it on. Mm-hmm. What does that fucking tell you? It, uh, you know, it, it's because you could have barely gotten that thing on. And then you're going to get erect and you think that that's just going to be okay. And you know, once you get erect, there's no getting it off, which means you're just going to be erect forever yeah, yeah. until your dick explodes or falls off or your mom finds you dying and uh, goes and saves you. So I wonder if that's what happened. Or, or I wonder if it was one of these. Hey, Mom? Mom, can you can you come out here? I think it was more a... Honey? Honey? Like, mom, no, Mom, don't come in. And then she went in, and then... God, she what? She was literally blue-balled. I think it would have been one of those things like, Mom, you got to take me to the hospital. I can't tell you why, but please do not ask because you don't want to know. It will scar you forever. Just please take me to the hospital and just drop me off. (sighs) Don't tell Dad. Please don't tell Dad. There's an age-old trick that I just made up. Is my dick bigger and wider than my finger? There's the If yes, how about I just don't put uh, something meant for my finger on it? Mm -hmm. Is it going to get bigger? Here, let, let me just jerk off for like just a second. There's another opening. <laughs> just get myself hard in a gif. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. That's like way wider than my finger. Wow. Thank God I didn't put my wedding ring over that. <laughs> Dumbass. Like, I don't know how. I don't. It will always surprise me when I hear a story of somebody being so just ridiculously stupid and i'm glad that i'll keep getting surprised but i shouldn't be at this point i'm i've seen so much stuff in my time alive of people being just really really dumb that there's no way i should be surprised because i've seen dumber shit than guy with a wedding ring on his dick you know it's still it's just ridiculous i curse stupid people every day but i should be just thanking stupid people just for Bringing us stories like this. And making me feel smarter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. At first, doctors tried to cut off the ring with a tiny surgical saw. (laughs) Oh, no. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Just just show it. spark saw flying. Uh, (laughs) Just just show me a video of old people fucking, and then maybe my boner will go down. Or you could just 
get the blood out of it. <sighs> yeah. So that's real rough. Yeah. That's how they treat priapism. You know what that is? You've told me before, but I, I keep blocking it out of my brain. It's the boner of four hours or longer. Okay. And there's the the two methods that I saw in this like article or video or whatever. Um, it's either they keep putting in a syringe and taking the blood out over and over, or I, I would do the syringes. This other option's way worse. Scalpel in, 90-degree turn. And it makes your your pee hole will just be bigger the rest of your life. But apparently that's supposed to drain all of it. Oh, my gosh. See, yeah, that's just infinitely worse. Can't you just come and your boner will go down? (laughs) I don't know with priapism, but maybe. You know, you you hear those uh, commercials that say if you have an erection that lasts longer than three hours, seek medical attention. Mm -hmm. I just thought, man, that would just be horrible. It would hurt. That would be horrible. It would hurt so bad. But you know what? It, it'd be worth it to take those drugs. Like if I ever get to a point in my life, you will. Where where <laughs> it's called age, where I have erectile dysfunction, and it's not a problem now. Let me tell you, Jack, okay. it's not a problem now. I'm happy it's for not you. Not a problem. I wouldn't want you to have erectile dysfunction. It'd be good for the podcast, though, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> I could it. just make fun of you every time. Yeah, we'll be having an argument, and I'll be like, "At least I don't have erectile dysfunction," and you'll just have to leave the room every mm-hmm. time. <laughs> That's hurtful. That would suck. Yeah, I, I would never tell you if I had it. <laughs> I would. I don't think I'd want you to. But I don't, Jack. Just trust okay, me. Okay, I, do I don't not, care that you rail mom. I do not have it hard. I don't care that you rail mom. We're not talking about that. But I, but if it ever does happen, I will take those little blue pills. Yeah, I would and, too. And one thing that I will not do that that commercial says is check with your doctor first to see if you're healthy enough for sex. Fuck that. Do you want right? to die having sex? Mom wouldn't like it, but I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't. I would not want to I go out heart doing problems. I would. You need to check in with your doctor. I am not ever asking my doctor if I'm healthy enough for sex because if he says no, it doesn't fucking make a difference. I'm still going to have sex. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I was thinking more healthy enough to take the pills because the pills can give you a heart attack. Oh well, it's a chance I'm willing to take it. You need to <laughs> fuck that. I'm on blood thinners and stuff. Okay, that should be I good. Will... I don't like having social interaction, especially not with doctors, dermatologists, fucking dentists, anything. But I'm not going to die because I didn't ask one thing. So let's say the doctor tells you, Jack, I don't think you're healthy enough to have sex. Do I'm going to say why. Well, because, uh, and he holds up his chart and he points to a bunch of things that are doctor reason you don't understand, but he's the doctor. <laughs> So, so what are you going to do? Are you going to be like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm celibate now for the rest of my life? Are you going to be say, like, you know what? I'm going to roll the fucking dice. Uh, I wouldn't want to die on my wife, though, you know? I'm going to die under her. <laughs> I don't want to die in the same room. Die behind like her. <laughs> it's, it's too broad of a thing. Too unhealthy to have sex. Okay, so what, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to die if I have sex? It could increase your chances of a heart attack. I'm going to go as long as I can. I'm going to try and get that shit fixed. And then if I can't, I'm going to be like, hey, I could die right now. We're taking it slow. <laughs> right. When I feel pain in my, my left shoulder, uh, I'm going to I'm going to slow, slow my strokes. OK. Yeah. And just just give me a minute. OK. We're I'm going to finish. Just hold on. <laughs> time out. Just time out. Three hours that'd later. Be awful. God, that'd be awful. That would be awful. I do not want to live in a world where I'm no longer allowed to have sex. 
<laughs> I don't think any human does. <laughs> All right, so they tried the tiny surgical saw, but that failed because the swelling made it difficult to get close to the ring without causing further injury. Yeah, because I'm sure the skin was like bubbled over it. Yeah. Oh, Ugh. gosh. Yeah. Doctors eventually made multiple puncture aspirations with a syringe and a pink needle to reduce the swelling. The patient was given antibiotics and painkillers and presumably with a strong suggestion not to do this again. You think? All right, so let that be a warning to all of our listeners out there. Um, check with your local sex shop about cock rings rather than just uh, finding household items to use. All right, and that was In the News with Jack. All right, so when I looked up Steve McQueen's age in this, which he was 28 years old, supposedly playing a teenager, uh, I did see this fun fact. Steve McQueen was offered $2,500 or 10% of the profits from the movie. He took the $2,500 because the film wasn't expected to make much. I mean, even he knew, hey, this, yeah, yeah. this isn't all that good. The film ultimately grossed $4 million. So that's, that's a $400,000 mistake. 10% of $4 million, that's $400,000, right? 10% person of, uh, or is that forty thousand dollars i don't know i don't know he he made a grave made mistake a, <laughs> yeah a grave <laughs> mistake all right come on god we're such math idiots i, I guess four million times point one oh that's four hundred thousand dollars no that can't be right because five hundred why can't oh yeah it yeah, be yeah, right? yeah yeah it is right it is why right. can't it be yeah. right you have no idea well i was right the first time i'll just edit it all out and make it seem like i knew what the fuck i was talking about okay but yeah can you imagine how I'd pissed be off he mad. was. No shit. I mean, he didn't even deserve the twenty five hundred, so he should be happy with that. But I don't really disagree with that. Once you learn that you really just lost was three hundred ninety seven thousand five hundred dollars. Damn, that would suck. <laughs> he went on to make a lot of money though. And I go about talking about stupid people and that I sound like a first grader trying to say that number because I couldn't figure out if it was 397 or 8 for their, their I think it was like 20 hundred million <laughs> 20 hundred million alright let's just get into favorite parts sure um... let me go ahead and just talk about some things that uh, <laughs> I kind of favorited um, that uh Made me giggle. I, I liked how uh, Steve McQueen got his uh, friends to all honk their horns and somehow turned on an air raid siren. Which, that was ridiculous. Uh -huh, and made the whole town show up. And then the police officer got there and he, like Steve McQueen, people just trust him for some reason, right? The cop was all, he's telling the truth when everybody else was no. And the cop yeah. hadn't even seen anything before at all. He just, okay, he's, he's telling the truth. And then he tells all the townspeople who were there who were just outraged, what's going on? We're all scared. He said, it's an emergency and it can affect every one of you, but that's all I can tell you. <laughs> go home and go to back to bed. You did laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> what a great line. I also loved how the cops call the dads, and it's presumably the middle of the night, to come pick up Steve and Jane. And they show up in fucking three-piece suits at like that was... midnight or one in the morning or whatever. But you know what? You, you watch so like Leave it to Beaver. Dude always had like a slacks on and, and a nice button up shirt. I think even when he was home chilling, he was like wearing that stuff. And and the and the wife was always wearing those dresses that were you know really cinched in in the middle, but then kind of poofy on the. I mean, that would have sucked to to live back then, and that's you fucking have to dress up all the time. I'm wearing you're, you're a t-shirt, dirty socks, and underwear right yeah. now. Yeah, and a shirt, thankfully. Yeah, did I not say t-shirt? Oh yeah, I guess you did. <laughs> I was like, I think I said t-shirt. So. 
I'll go ahead and say that the uh, the emergency uh, announcement was my favorite part. I like the beginning of the movie, not the very beginning, but like the they come across this guy with the crazy mutation looking shit, and they gotta take him to the doctor, and they don't know what's going on, and then the doctor's getting killed, and the nurse is getting killed, and it's like oh shit, like they come back, this thing's escaped, like fuck, what do we do now? I love that concept in a movie because mm-hmm. uh, it makes you feel helpless depending on what it is. It's a strong start. Yeah, it's a, I, I liked that. I, I Nothing really happened, but I just like watching that stuff. So I guess I'll say that that stretch is my, my favorite part. I thought it started strong too. Um, yeah, I, I love that it gets on the guy's arm. Like I said that, man, because that's something you can relate to, you know, because I'd have, I'd have done the same thing. I'd have, I'd have poked it with a stick like a jellyfish, and I'd have held the stick up, and it was, it was oozing down. You know, I wouldn't let it touch me. I, I'd point yeah. it back down, and then it gets on his arm, and, it, and that's an oh-fuck moment. And he starts trying to shake it off. Yeah, and, and then it, it starts hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good moment. And then going to the doctor, and you you seeing it's progressing and getting worse. And then, of course, yeah, it, it gets the nurse. You don't see it. And then it gets the doctor. You kind of see it. And then it's pretty much nothing for a long time. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen the blob doing more things. It's hard, though, when it's 1958. I feel like they showed what they could have. I guess. I mean, they, they no, left a I lot. guess how hard is it to drop, like, your, like a, make a bigger version of your blob thing and drop it on someone's face and, like, the mechanic... And then show him like rrr, rrr, struggling for a second, you know? Yeah, that wouldn't have been hard. And and I think I think back then they just wanted to leave a bunch up to your imagination of how you think it went or something, because you're right, maybe they they couldn't show things like that. Or well, there's that and there's also the capability. Yeah. Maybe maybe a combination of everybody was a Mormon mother. And uh, yeah, and they missed a they missed a land sakes. They should have warned us about a land sakes. Yeah, for land sakes. Yeah. What does that even fucking mean? Do you think somebody in like one of their ankle dresses in there was like, oh, my, we're, what were they leaving? I was gonna say, my lord, but they wouldn't even say that. What my lanta? <laughs> what would they? That's too harsh too. Goodness gracious! All right, bucket of chicken. I was going to give it to the kid's character. Who? The little kid. Danny? His character. His character? Yeah, because the little kid was fucking brave. Stupid. And Yeah, stupid, but brave. What's brave without a little dash of stupidity? Yeah. Haven't you heard that before? And he put on his little fucking cowboy belt and was shooting his fake gun at it. If I was a kid, I would I would have been crying, get me the fuck away from here. And he was trying to guard his parents. I don't know. He was he was cute. Um, but then I was thinking about giving it to Jane for being hot. Those other girls were hotter. Oh, the blonde ones? Yeah, that they mo- were the perfect Marilyn Monroe looking girl, though. I don't know. I like dark hair better. It's fucking hard. I'll give it to Dave, uh, Police Chief Dave. And and what's up with that? That all the teenagers just calling the cop by their first name? Yeah, and they they Come hated on, the Dave? other one because he was a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dave, he he's a little dopey. He trusted every single word the teenager said. Um, he never lost faith, and for that, uh, I give him my bucket of chicken. Okay, he's strong as a fucking rock. I get it. Uh, my bucket of chicken goes to the the song, Beware of the Blob. 
That song was fucking awesome. Yeah, but when they started singing... It, no, it got better. I love the lyrics. Yeah, but they repeated the same... It's okay. Like, 12 words, like, five times. It, That's when I... I wanted it to be a little more of a song, but I loved the music in it. The music was awesome. You're you're digging on it, and then they start singing about the blob, and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is good, man. <laughs> I loved it. And, and like I said, it kind of set the scene of... This isn't a horror movie. This I is going to be didn't know something else. I didn't get that from it. Playing a song like that and then just tossing you into a horror movie. I mean, I, I feel like it didn't set the scene for it, a yeah, horror movie. But I love that Beware of the Blob the song. The song was good. Yeah, I thought it was great. All right, score time. I am going to give it, I feel like a flat 60 is the right score for this movie. Oh, wow. Like I said, it was a big bowl of nothing. So a big bowl of nothing that didn't make me mad or happy would be a base 50 in my eyes. But talking about it, there were parts it, it was it was more hap I was more happy watching it than like ever angry or negative feeling. Like I got to laugh at the guy who stuffed his pants. Yeah. Full of tissue. We need to fast forward to that and take a picture of it. I I, I got to laugh at all these different things. And while the movie may have been just like really boring and not really any content in it, I, I'll give it a 60. I feel like the 10% of haha that guy's pants are filled with tissue is is fair. Yeah, Mike from Pennsylvania, I, I'm sorry. Um this this was pretty boring. And and I wish I could go back to 1958 and be alive then and watch it and maybe I could appreciate it then. Maybe back then it was like, holy shit, what a fucking outstanding movie and great effects. You and mean, that scared the fuck out of me. For sakes, that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. But I can't, you know? And, and it's hard to look at it through lenses that you've never worn before. Yeah. And to speculate something that your brain can't comprehend is is just not something that you can do. And it's not fair to do in a movie review either. No, it's not. But it's also, it's not fair to the old movies. It's just, it'll never be fair. It is what it is. Trying to review movies from this long ago, it's just never going to be correct. Well, but not necessarily because Rear Window was fucking awesome and it was 1954, but that's I believe. A, they, they just, it's a much... It's a story. And it's a the concept of this guy might be killing people. Oh shit, my loved one is in his house and he's coming back. It's it's a much they showed the horror on the screen. In this movie they they didn't. That I th feel like that's the big thing between Rear Window and that. And also better acting and they they just had more money, I think. Yeah, the gosh, the the acting was really bad. It, it was really bad. Steve McQueen, I thought he was terrible in this, man. I, I, thought, I really did. I thought any scene where there's supposed to be emotion, they didn't do much with their faces. Like the one cop, he was supposed to be angry all the time. He didn't necessarily look that angry. He just sounded angry and looked blank. And whenever she's supposed to be crying in the freezer, Jane, their facial expressions were just off. They weren't trying hard enough to look like they were crying or angry or scared. 
Scared was a big one. They never looked scared. And I'm okay with bad acting as long as the what you came to see the movie for is good. Like yeah. if the blob really would have been fucking kick ass and really doing all these cool things, then the bad acting, it's it's like a secondary whatever, man, because I didn't come yeah. here to see the acting. Like and, Piranha, a lot of the acting is really bad, but you get to see yeah. the stupid gory deaths and the moment where Marcellus Wallace is with a shotgun and a fucking water park trying to shoot them all and he's like going down in a blaze of glory then you forgot that the last fucking hour you've watched was just bad acting mike man I, i'm sorry I, I the blob fest sounds like a kick-ass place it does and i think it'd be really cool to to live in a town that um you know that a, a classic movie was filmed in um, that'd be cool yeah I, I think i'd appreciate the blob a little bit more I'm not sure I would or not, but um, <laughs> it, it fits the nice sci-fi at the time, I think. You know, War of the Worlds came out, I don't know when, but but somewhere around this time. So they were definitely into the space alien type stuff yeah. around that time. And and I think it really captured people's imagination back then. And, and I think very much like Jaws did for Sharks in the Water, possibly War of the Worlds and the Blob did for, you know, Martians or aliens and things like that. Because I don't really think anybody was thinking about killers who wear like uh, Halloween masks at that time or serial killers or things yeah. like that. You know, there wasn't the internet. There was just, you know, books and radio and and some TV, which wasn't playing shit like that. So nobody other than like outcasts like you were talking about really had an imagination for for things like that. So, you know, I think maybe... The blob was probably scary at the time just because people's imagination on on UFOs and, and all the stuff that could be out there. When I was a kid, my imagination was crazy. Like, I felt there could be a fucking Bigfoot in the woods near near my house, you know? Mm -hmm. I was just enthralled by the Loch Ness Monster, the Bermuda Triangle, Big, oh my Bigfoot. Oh, gosh, just, the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, just all that shit was fascinating to me. And so... Time. I, I think movies like this back in like 1957, 58, I, I think they probably did work because of the stuff of your imagination growing up. And they're PG. Kids could go see them too. Yeah. But but watching a movie today, uh, you know, I, I have to score it based on today. And and it's not fair. No. And, but but it is what it is. And um, man, I, I did not like this movie Again, Mike, man, I'm sorry. I, I I hope you'll continue to listen, and that's you know that's the reason why I don't like to do requests. You know, you feel I, you've apologized like five I know, times. I I feel bad, you know, because I don't want to, I I don't want people to, I I don't I don't know, man. You be know, upset with you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it makes sense because I may sound abrasive and sound like I don't give a shit and tell people all the time, "Fuck you, don't listen to us." But you know, I I don't mean that, man. I I I love the fact that people like to listen to us. I love the fact that people have reached out to us and interacted with us, man. I think that is so fucking cool because we're just some some dad and, and his son just fucking having a good time, you know, having a conversation mm -hmm. and, and people enjoy it and reach out to us. And I think that's so fucking awesome. You and, don't and want it to stop no, because well, you hate everyone's movie. I don't want to alienate anybody by by hating something that they like, you know? And I gave it a 60, which means if you've apologized like four times, yeah. you're about to give it like a 19. No, no, I... I, I didn't like it, man. It's okay to have your. I mean, you've apologized enough. It's yeah. okay to have your own opinion. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a 45. Wow, how rude! I just didn't. You like are a dick. You are an insufferable bastard. 
How dare you? I am so, so sorry, Mike, for my dad's behavior. He's just a douche. A whole 15 points lower than mine. That is not that far, but what an asshole he is, right? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Come on. It's okay. He'll get over it. I know. I know. I, he you know, has I, to. I do feel bad, but, but it is what it is. And that's just my opinion. I just didn't like it. I, th- you, I thought you it was sat there and listened to me and... talk horrible shit about a movie, The True Grit. You had to sit there and listen to me talk about how much I hated that. You got over it. Like, I don't know if this is one of his favorite movies or not. I just know that this movie is is special to him just because of That's where true. he it's grew special. up, you know, and he showed it to his son. It was the first horror movie, the uh, air quotes, that, that he showed to his son. And so I think it, you know, it is special to him. And, and that's fucking awesome. And, and I love that. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know where I was going with that. But Yeah, having a movie that's special to you or anything that's special to you is great. And like you you did with the, like a lot of your movies, you held them close to your heart yeah. and were too afraid to put I them know, out. I know. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things you can relate to more than me, because if there's a movie that I've ever held close to my heart, you watched it with me. Yeah. But you, you can relate to it a lot more, which is why oh, yeah. I guess I'm less apologetic about giving it. Because uh, 60 is not a good score either, but. I've played some before and they've not been good and it hurts. You know, <laughs> it, it hurts. Yeah. You know, I did read an article today because it's the 40th anniversary of Porky's, right? That, okay. that awesome movie that you that you loved. It was so awesome and funny. And they were talking about the shower scene. They almost had to give it an X rating <laughs> because there was a lot more to the shower scene, I guess. And and I never really thought about this, but I guess I really didn't take it in consideration how movies are actually made. I just assumed that the guys were really staring through those holes in the shower and, and watching the women. Those were two different fucking shots. They were showing the guys and then they filmed the, the women completely separately. And I was thinking, really? The guys weren't really watching them at the time? They weren't filming those at the same time? I didn't really even think about it. I guess I've never really thought any deeper mm-hmm. and thought how the scenes were filmed, but that doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me. It makes me a lot more sense. It disappoints me a little bit. And yeah. Because you want, you want your bros to be seeing some poontang. But they did actually have a guy stick his real wiener into one of the holes, and the girls did see like a real wiener in there. But was that in the movie? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. There he was like making a hey, it's me, Mr. Penis or whatever. And then Miss Ballbreaker that. came in and grabbed it. That old lady. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I just thought that was funny. Forty years ago on March nineteenth, um, Porky's was released. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, man. You got anything else? Nope. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number one hundred and fifty-three of Movie Muggin. If you'd like to keep up with us, we're on uh Instagram and Twitter at Movie Muggin. If you'd like to email us, moviemuggin at gmail.com. If you would like to suggest a movie, we uh, we might do it, but um, just, you know, we, we've given enough PSAs. We we don't know how it's going to turn out, okay? Yeah. Also, go check out our website, moviemuggin.com. You can go there. We have a couple different links, one you can click on, and uh, you can find all the movies that we've mugged alphabetically, and then we have one that goes to our 
merch store and I'm always making new designs. I made a new design the other day. It is a cat laying on a pizza. Very cool. Yeah. So it's a one of a kind. You will not see anybody else wearing that unless they went to the movie mug and merch store. And then I made another new uh, Jack and the Heavy Petters. It's kind of a got a 70s vibe on it. It's on an old uh, kick-ass van. Looks like the mystery machine. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of mm-hmm. body it is. Yeah. A lot of these make really fucking cool stickers. So uh, pick you up some stickers, put them on your car, put them on a coffee table, put them on your friend's cars so they won't even know. Yeah. You know, I need to buy uh, Eric from California shirt since he uh, answered that trivia question or whatever, True. or uh, rose to the occasion on the challenge. Did he say which one he wanted? Uh yeah, as a matter of fact, he wrote us a, a nice email. You want me to let me read it to you real quick? Yeah. So this is from uh, Eric in California. Um, so Eric I, from California. What did I say? Eric in. Okay. Well, he's in California also. But he's from there. So I sent him an email saying, uh, you know, well done. I, I figured you would get it right. And, uh, you know, let me know what shirt you would like. And he said, uh, not sure how I missed this, but thank you, sir. I was lucky enough to get my Jack and the Heavy Petter shirt and Boner Jams 03 tank top that will be proudly worn to the beach. Wow. <laughs> I love it. This California. That's a different country, basically. Yeah. He said, I will leave it in uh, Jack's hands as to which shirt and color, blah, blah, blah. So he's leaving it up to me what shirt he gets? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, and also he addresses something we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember how we got to it, but rarely do I remember how we got where we get. But you were asking what that uh, discharge stuff was in the, uh, in the woman's period. So um, the lining of the uterus, blood and tissue, comes out during a woman's period. It is basically what would have nourished the embryo during pregnancy. Important to understand what is happening during that time to have empathy for their pain. So it ripped shreds and it's fallen out. Well, damn. He also said, um, high friction of the vagina happens when a partner is incapable of properly stimulating the female and allowing the vagina to become thoroughly wet. So I think what he was talking about then is the woman who had labia turned into jewelry. We were asking about how high friction works, but I I do remember. So yeah, you don't get her wet, but you try to go in and yeah. I mean, wouldn't the woman at that point be like, oh, well, just it probably hurt. Hold up. Let's yeah. um, let's let's do something. Down That's there. what foreplay is for. Yeah. Vine, didn't his wife say he was like the most like bonerific like sex machine? That was his Eric on um, Urban Dictionary. It makes sense that he knows every fact about the vagina. He I happens mean, to know a lot about the vagina. He evidently. does. Yeah. I'm impressed. All right, so, for example, the term bite the pillow should only be applied if a partner is so selfish that they refuse to apply foreplay or another means of turning your woman on or or lubing that shit up and jumping straight to balls deep without giving a proper slap and tickle beforehand. (laughs) Selfish and inconsiderate. (laughs) God. Bite the pillow probably for some anal, some panel. Oh, boy. Um, He goes on to say, or another option is that the meat curtains are similar to the floppy cheeks of a Neapolitan Mastiff. What is, I don't know what what kind of dog is that? And become swollen and inflamed from the constant motion of just walking. Either way, I don't plan on buying her whispering eye chokers. (laughs) What? Whispering eye chokers? Oh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, if you haven't seen that movie, we're going to have to watch it. Oh, what movie? With, um, I can't remember what it's called. I know Whispering Eye. I've heard it's that It's got before. Sean William Scott, your boy, and it's got um, <laughs> Paul Rudd, and it's got- Oh, uh, oh, 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 role models. Yes. Yeah. So great. Yeah, because, yeah, Paul Rudd's reading his poem, 
And he's like, you're whispering, I. Uh -huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and McLovin is there, and he just giggles. Yeah. So a, 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 a Mastiff, our, your dog's part Mastiff. Yeah. Just has is, the, is he the big... Is talking about the chops? Yeah, the big, okay. big jowls yeah. that kind of hang down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> You know, we need to do another contest soon on a, and give away another shirt. One thing I thought of today, you know, we, we do our openings, the Father and Son podcast that, mm -hmm. and we've done 150 plus of those now. And I'm just wondering, have I ever done one twice? I don't think we have, and I don't really want to tell anybody to go back and listen to all of them. But if we happen to have done it the same one twice and you catch it, moving at gmail.com and I will we send you a, a free t-shirt. I don't think we have. But, it, but it's possible. But we will come up with some other kind of uh, trivia at some point um, and give away another T-shirt. But Eric, Jack will uh, pick out your shirt and um, color and all that good stuff, and we will mail it your way. So uh, I'm glad he bought a Boner Jam shirt. Me too. I'm glad he bought a... He got a tank top Boner Jam. Don't wear that to the beach, man. What's where, where wrong the, with that? Where the Jack and the Heavy Petters? That's why I said California is like a different country. Yeah. You can see anything at the beach. Do you think his wife will let him wear a Boner's Jam shirt to the I mean, beach he with the family? It. She better. Yeah, maybe. Can you imagine your mother letting me out of the house in a Boner Jam shirt? She would be so mad. What if I just put my foot down? Damn it, I am wearing this fucking Boner Jam shirt, and there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. She'd find some way to, like, as long as you're still wearing that shirt, she's going to be doing this certain thing that you hate. Yeah. We're getting a Boner Jam sticker for sure, putting it on the table. Yeah. 100%. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, and you have yourself a movie mugging day. Bye. Zip that shit up right now.